Chapter Twenty Two of the Outdoor Girls at Ocean View. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Girls at Ocean View by Laura Lee Hope. The Search. Grace Ford slowly opened her eyes. Grace seldom did anything in a hurry, not even awakening and on this occasion, after the little doze that hot summer day, in the grove by the seashore, she was even more dilatory than usual in bringing all her faculties into play. Lazily enough, she glanced over at Molly, who was still asleep. Grace felt a little sense of elation that she was awake before her friend. She did not look around for Betty or Amy, but, picking up a small pebble, tossed it in Molly's direction. Straight and true it went, alighting on the sleeper's nose, which, in spite of the assurance of her friends, Molly felt was always likely to be classed as slightly pug. Score one for me, laughed Grace, still lazily, as Molly sat up with a start. There was nothing slow about Molly, waking or sleeping. What is it? Oh, you, did you throw that? She asked, rubbing her nose, on which a little red spot had been raised. Feeling a sting there, Molly opened her bag and gave a hasty glance at the little mirror hidden in one flap. "'You mean things,' she cried, "'and you know how sensitive my skin is.' By this time Molly had glanced around her, something which Grace had not yet done. "'Why, why,' Molly exclaimed, "'where is Betty and Amy?' "'Oh, probably off somewhere indulging in athletic stunts for fear they'll lose their figures on account of eating so much lunch,' remarked Grace." reaching out her hand toward a box that held some chocolate almonds. "'But they're not in sight,' declared Molly. She rose to her feet and glanced rapidly up and down the beach. "'I can't see them anywhere,' she went on. "'They—could they have gone back and left us sleeping here?' "'Well, we certainly were sleeping,' admitted Grace, with a smile that was lazy, like her drawling words. "'Oh, do be sensible, for once,' exclaimed Molly, and her tones had a snap to them that made Grace sit up and fairly gasp. "'Why, whatever is the matter, Billy?' she asked in aggrieved accents. "'I haven't done anything. Just because Betty and Amy aren't here, that's just it. Where are they?' asked Molly sharply. "'How should I know?' returned Grace, determined not to be conciliated so easily. "'They went off for a walk while we were asleep, I suppose. Yes, but unless they went a long distance, we ought to be able to see them,' Molly went on and they're not in sight. You can see for yourself. If they're not in sight, I can't see, Molly, dear, spoke Grace, this time soothingly. Oh, do be sensible, snapped the other. Stop eating that silly candy and help me gather up some of these things. I, I wonder what could have happened. The manner in which Molly said this startled Grace as perhaps nothing else could have done. Help me up, she begged. This skirt is so narrow. Oh, Molly, do you think and she paused with frightened eyes, gazing into the more determined ones of her chum. "'I don't know that I think anything, just now,' replied Molly, in rather gentler tones. "'I'm afraid I was a bit cross, Grace, but you know, dear, it is a bit cross. You were positively horrid. But I forgive you.' "'I'm always cross when I wake up suddenly,' explained Molly. "'You shouldn't have hit me on the nose, Grace. I wouldn't have, had I known you were such a—' Er, what animal is it that has such a sensitive nose, Molly? Bear, I guess you mean, Molly admitted. Yes, that's it. 
Oh, but I did have a nice sleep, said Grace. And Grace lazily stretched first one arm and then the other. But where are Betty and Amy keeping themselves, she asked. That's just what I've been trying to get you to realize, said Molly. It's rather strange of them to go so far away. Oh, probably Betty wants to get some more shells for those string portiers she is making, Grace said. Come on, we'll walk down the beach a little ways ourselves. Molly assented and the two were soon strolling down the strand, looking in advance for a sight of their chums. But the seashore was deserted, save for the presence of some birds that swooped down now and then to snap up the hopping white insects which made such queer little burrows down in the sand. A few hundred feet beyond the little grove where the picnic had been held, Molly and Grace came to a pause. "'I don't see them,' Molly said, and her voice was troubled. "'Nor I conceded, Grace.' Do you suppose they can be hiding to play a joke on us? They might, Molly admitted, but they would hardly go so far away. Let's look on the other side, proposed Grace. But that beach of the little arm of land that jutted out into the bay and ocean showed no sign of Betty and Amy. Oh, I, I'm getting worried, returned practical Molly. Nothing could have happened unless one of them sprained an ankle or something like that and can't walk. Even then the beach is so open and there isn't a place on it that one need fear, unless it's that old fisherman's hut, broke in Grace. Oh, observed Molly, slowly, and there came a change over her face. I didn't think of that. Yes, they might. She was interrupted by a shrill whistle, as if of some boat. Both girls turned quickly, and the same exclamation came to the lips of both. The boys! Was the Pocahontas approaching, and Alan, Roy, and Henry waved their hands as they came swiftly, over the blue waters. "'Are they in the boat?' asked Grace. "'Who?' Molly wanted to know. "'Betty and Amy. "'Why, how could they be? "'I thought perhaps the boys might have come up while we were asleep, "'taken Betty and Amy out for a little run, "'and were now coming back to laugh at us for being so lazy.' "'Well, they're not in the motorboat anyhow,' Molly said. "'I do hope nothing has happened.' "'Grace did not ask what might possibly have happened.' She was just a little afraid of what her chum might say. The sprained ankle theory was too simple. Somehow Grace felt a growing concern. But for the present, at least, this was lost sight of in the little excitement over the advent of the boys. They came on, laughing, singing, and shouting, while Roy held up a string of fish. Evidently they had had good luck. The motorboat grounded gently in the shallow water, and the boys jumped out, Alan tossing out a light anchor high up on the sand. We came to take you home, he announced. We thought you'd have enough of picnic by this time. Where's Betty? he asked, quite frankly. Alan was not at all fussy about showing his admiration for the little captain. Why, it's queer, Molly replied, smiling just the least bit, but she and Amy seemed to have gone off by themselves. Grace and I dozed, and when we awoke they were gone. Probably down the beach, suggested Roy. How's that for fish? And he held up the string. But Molly and Grace were not interested in fish just then. We've been looking for them, Molly went on. We were looking when, when you came. Something in her words and manner caused Alan to ask quickly, You, you don't think anything could have happened, do you? I, I don't know what to think, Molly faltered. It seems a little strange. Oh, we'll find them, declared Henry. Amy isn't one to go far. But Betty is a great walker, Grace ventured. "'Well, we'll find them and all go back in the boat,' proposed Alan, 
it looks as though we might have a thunder shower that's why we gave up fishing come on have a look it did not take a very long search up and down the beach to disclose the fact that amy and betty were nowhere near the little clump of trees held no hiding place and unless they had gone inland there was no other explanation except that they had gone back to the cottage and this they would hardly do said molly unless something has happened maybe what asked roy as she suddenly stopped oh nothing she said in some confusion nothing at all they may have gone over to that fisherman's hut just to see what it was like molly said you know the old woman was always teasing us to come in and have some milk she may have been more persuasive this time though betty couldn't bear her we'll have a look in that direction suggested henry yes for i don't like the looks of the weather added alan henry and i will go over there he said roy you stay here with the girls and help them pack up the things we may have to make a run for it when we come back with betty and amy if you find them said molly in a low voice so low that no one heard her alan and henry set off over toward the sand dunes behind which was hidden the fisherman's shack grace molly and roy began collecting the picnic things the young law student and his chum made good time nor did they waste any when they reached the lone cabin a glance up and down the beach showed no trace of the missing ones in the offing a schooner was slowly sailing away there goes that boat remarked alan didn't seem to have any business around here neither clamming or fishing that's right agreed henry he knocked and after waiting a moment tried the latch the door swung open showing the place to be deserted betty amy called alan there was no answer then with a quick motion henry darted forward and picked up something from the floor it was a handkerchief it's my sister's he said they they've been here he and alan looked at each other strangely End of chapter 22